Hello, hello. Here we are again coming to you from Broadcast Team Alpha and 44 different platforms around the world. And one of them is the Conscious Awakening Network. And I mentioned that because they have such a wonderful place right there. They got close to 50 shows of all the stuff that we are all interested in. So you really need to go visit them. That is at Conscious Awakening network.org and uh, if you want to connect with Nori and myself then you can go to broadcastteamalpha.com and there's a connection link there send us a message and we'll be back to you and I'm going to be I'm not going to be so long-winded this time I'm going to take it easy and uh, boy oh boy do I feel outnumbered here we have, uh, I think we have five of the most brilliant, insightful, and knowledgeable women that we can possibly think of to put on this roundtable conference. And then there's just me. Well, <laughs> but let's see possibly that I could bring another aspect to the table. Maybe talk or question or ask or get some insight on how men think about relationships, love, and the energy surrounding it. Because I don't care what people say, men and women think very different on many aspects that is really important to us. Not just um, relationship and love, but anything, including finances and stuff. We are different makeups. So uh, this is going to be a learning experience for me and uh, for all of you out there listening and viewing this, lend them your ear because you are not just you, you are with people and you need to know what these ladies are going to bring you tonight. So I'm talking way too much, Nora, they're all yours. Thanks, Aki. <laughs> I just want to thank each of these beautiful women for being with us and I'm going to uh, introduce our beautiful guests by name, and then I'm going to ask them to just tell us a little bit about themselves, mm -hmm. and then we're just going to jump in. If you have questions or if you feel like you have a topic that you would like us to pose to the panel, uh, please just put it in capital letters so so I can see it and and we'll just we'll just all have a really good time. So, um I just wanted to take a minute and drop in to this moment because I was very inspired. Not only was I inspired, but it was almost like the angels had their fingers in the back of my ribs going, it has to be Jenny. It has to be Kim. It has to be Laura. It has to be Geraldine. It has to be Lily. Unfortunately, Lily had an unforeseen circumstance, so she can't be here, but I'm sure she's here with us in spirit. And I was very, very pressed to bring these women together. And lo and behold, everybody said yes. So I feel like that's a really special sign. So I think that the energetic conversation is going to be really interesting and expansive tonight. So I would like mm -hmm. to introduce you to Jenny G. Cousins. And it would have been Lily. We'll say hi to her right now, just from the ethers. And we have Laura Eisenhower. Everybody knows Laura. 
And we have the beautiful Kim O'Neill, really welcome girls, ladies, sorry, it's the New York in me, and the amazing Geraldine <laughs> Orozco, the first time I said your name close. Welcome, ladies. <laughs> Thank you for being here. Thank you so much. So we're going to go around just in that order. So Jenny, please tell the audience what you would love for them to know about you. Um, well, I'll put it in really short form. Um, I'm an international known television clairvoyant psychic medium. I do past life Akashic record readings. I'm also an animal communicator, relationship coach, life coach. I do pranic healings, meditation teacher. And I'll read into your level of consciousness to see where you're at. And then I'll give you my insights on all different levels. And not only just that, to help you shift forward and transcend forward in quantum leaps. So you can walk upon the path knowing why these things have happened and how to get out of these situations with a better understanding. I also have a column in a, a magazine called Just Ask Jenny G. I do photography. Jenny G photography is like a side, a sidekick, as I call it. It's part of like my meditation. So if you'd like to book a reading with me, soulworkwithjenny.com. You can catch me on all of social media. I'm, I'm out there everywhere. So, and I'm, of course, very grateful for being a part of you all. Thank you for inviting me. The pleasure, Jenny. Thank you so much. Thank you. And Laura. Hi, Laura Eisenhower. What would you like the audience to know about you tonight? Yes. Well, I do soul-centered and intuitive astrology readings. I like to specialize in a person's soul path, physical health, clearing negative patterns, and sacred union and relationship issues. I also do locational astrology, uh, astrocartography, and can help you discover the significance of where you live or where you might want to relocate, and medical and herbal astrology, where I can also recommend herbs and supplements and see into the deeper roots of health issues. And I look at a number of different charts, including synastry, composite, and heliocentric, and I do transits and progressions. And I've been doing readings for more than about 20 years, and I also work with the Mother Peace Tarot deck and the Galactic Heritage deck. I've worked with many decks over the years, but uh, yeah, I just... It's, yeah, the client definitely uh, just comes and sort of picks what is calling to them. And it's really amazing to just assist people and, yeah, getting closer to yourself in the face of the challenges that are coming up versus giving your power away. So that's what I love to do. That's beautiful, Laura. Thank you so much. Thank you. Kim O'Neill, it's so good to have you here on Broadcast Team Alpha. Thank you, Nori. I'm really excited to be here. I already love just hearing all the awesome professions, you know, everything that everyone does. And I know Nori does awesome stuff. Like all of this is just feels so good. So grateful to be here. Um, what do I do? So I am also a coach. I help people reclaim their authentic self-confidence, which usually has elements of healing from their past and learning how to self-lovingly move forward. Um, something that's been very unique in my journey, which also tends to be mirrored in my clients, is learning how to be this spiritual being that we are and also still honor the physical human aspect of our ourselves and not make ourselves wrong for the emotions and the things that we go through all of that kind of stuff, right? Because 
it really can start to create some, wait a second, this, you know, I must be doing something wrong or, or whatever. We could get into all of those kinds of limiting beliefs, but, um, absolutely love coaching one-on-one. And I also help people, uh, get into that mode through custom meditation sessions for those who are, they know they're ready for change. They want some help, but they're just not sure if coaching's right. And so they just want to ease into it. And so meditations are a wonderful way to do that. Uh, and then I also show hosts too, and I have a great time doing that. And, um, so yeah, grateful to be here. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Kim. Thank you so much. And last, but definitely not least, and Geraldine, I have a confession. I have yes. been totally binge watching all of your videos. I am like your biggest fan right now. I'm, I am so blown away by the depth and the expansiveness of, of your work. I mean, every day I learn something new. So I just had to tell the truth there, but please. Wow, well- Nor- Nor- thank you so much. What an honor to hear that. And what a pleasure to hear that uh, the videos are hosting and holding space for those and teaching something. I'm, I'm very grateful for being here uh, as a part of this incredible panel. Um, I am an epigenetic psychotherapist and a clinical hypnotherapist, and I love sort of the work working one-on-one with my clients, exploring the subconscious minds, understanding the connection between our interdimensional ancestral links between our genetic makeup in the, in the moment and learning about subconscious programming and how they play a role in the essence of a soul that is incarnated in the physical body. So my, um, yeah, my passion and my love is to dive into the subconscious minds of my of my clients working one on one to help them access their soul, uh, to embody that soul incarnation, and to be able to uh, come into a zero point as much as possible to come into a creation state, a powerful creation state. Um, so that's what I do. I have a YouTube channel, Geraldine Orozco, which you are very welcome to check out. Um, and of course, I, I do sessions. So thank you again for having me here. It's a pleasure. Absolutely, so welcome. And we know, we all know Augie. <laughs> we all know Augie. So I would like to kind of jump into the deep end to begin with. So much is upside down on so many levels. And relationships across the board, whether you're you know, you've been on the planet a lot of years like I have, and relationships were really very different than they are now. But even the way that relationships were maybe last year are very different because everything is so accelerated and the energies are just hitting people and kind of turning worlds upside down. And man, and I just want to do a disclaimer that when we talk about masculine and feminine, we are always inclusive and we completely include LGBTQ because we know that whether it's two women or two men, one partner usually carries a more male or masculine essence and one may carry a more feminine essence. So we just want everybody to know that you are totally included. So with the upside downness that's going on, and I see that there's a big problem, you know, because I'm looking at people like Andrew Tate, you know, who is 
claiming that, you know, women need to be taken care of. And if women are taken care of, then they don't have to be masculine and they can be in their femininity. And, you know, there's a part of that, I think, that may, you know, appeal to the ancestral part of women. You know, I mean, because like to be, you know, to be know that you're going to have bear meat in the cave that night is like great to know. Right. So how do you see relationships in in that realm right now who wants to jump in like like i mean if we look at the obvious right i mean like our our planet has really awoken and so much truth has come out so if you if you look back to the beginning realistically you know when when covid started everybody started getting divided up of course by the events and from the government and so on. However, because a lot of the truth is coming out and there's going to be a lot more coming out, I really feel it's brought more of humanity together and it's awoken our planet for with more unconditional love. It's more of a, like the people have awoken up, right? And the power, so-called leaders, as I've always called it, you're going to start to see even more of their essence coming out which is reality of who they are so as our hearts start expanding our brain function starts triggering and it goes higher the, the vibrational frequency goes higher as the neotransmitters start to change and rise so if you've taken a look at certain people who you never used to talk to in the past you're now talking to them or they're now reaching out to you even more and more and more right so i feel it's a really beautiful time a lot of unconditional love and what a perfect time right now especially valentine's a lot of love is 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 out there there is there is I'll add to that. I, I I see it as a process that everybody's in. And some people are more in the, I'm feeling more free side of things and able to access more of that love and free flowing energy. And then other people, their world has been erupted, right? And it's all for the greater good. That's how I see it. So um, destruction doesn't look pretty, but it's beneficial. And so I see, I see that we, if we look at it just in a polarizing way, we've got some people that are in a great space and other people in a not so great space, but it's all evolution. It's all the process of, of what's coming to the surface as people learn more about not just what's been around them, the other people, societies, all that kind of just everything in our outer world, but also more about who they are individually, because we have to make new decisions. Once we find out that, oh, this thing out there that I was connected to, or, you know, this person, whatever it might be, I'm not so sure I'm in alignment with that anymore. And so what does that mean? What decisions might I have to make? And so I see it as this evolving process of people coming to understand themselves better, greater awareness of who they are, making more conscious, conscious decisions about the things that they they do, they say, they everything they engage in, um, and it's a process. So I, I just always like to affirm for people it's not about perfection because I think that's something that can off, oftentimes, if we're not aware of it, kind of be woven into something. Oh, I need to get this right the first time, right? And we tend to be a little easier on ourselves. So anyway, I might be getting a little off, but I see it as an evolving <laughs> process as more and more things come to the surface for everyone. Mm-hmm. I like that. I like that. Laura, 
Yeah. I, I am thinking about just where the nodes are, right? So the North Node's in Aries and Chiron is in Aries. And the North Node really represents like the growth period that humanity is going through on a soul level. What are we needing to step into and integrate? What are we reflecting upon, which is the South Node, Libra? And as we look at that, you know, North Node Aries energy that's influenced by Chiron, we're looking at wounds that are connected to our ego and our sense of identity. And it's everything from the wounded warrior to the wounded healer to the indoctrinated wounds, you know, where you realize, is that really me or am I just consenting to something? And and as you're awakening, you know, feeling the wounds of society, like, you know, where um, something is trying to encourage you to adopt an identity that might not be really true to who you are and facing mm -hmm. that. So every single individual uh, is processing, you know, those those sort of wounds. And we have a choice when we face those um, challenges. And everything in the greater cosmic intelligence and what the planetary alignments are showing is that it's really moving us into just being the spirit warrior, you know, just um, moving into Aries and Neptune integrating where the ego is able to comprehend the multidimensional is able to uh, look at those wounds and begin to uh, leverage those challenges in a way that serves the person's ability to uh, begin to rescue the deeper inner treasures of what your soul calling is telling you and what your creative imagination um, holds for you as far as all the potentials and possibilities uh, that you can tap into and then manifest versus uh, the outer psyops or um, indoctrination programs that want to leverage that vulnerability that people feel in the face of confronting wounds and where um, people will look outside of themselves for solutions that might not um, be beneficial. So that ends up being like a catalyst, right? So you got Uranus and Taurus, which is absolutely like shaking up everything connected to our self-worth. We're redefining our self-worth um, on our own terms so that when we, you know, feel into what it means to be confident or strong in our ego identity and that warrior spirit, it's it's our authenticity and truth, and instead of uh, what we might have been taught in the reward punishment system of this is what you need to do to be successful and this is how you you should behave and blah blah blah, and and all the different tactics of divide and conquer that come from, um, you know, a lot of uh, the different tactics of um, creating trigger events to upset that process of healing to then, you know, push people into a victim consciousness where they're defending their captors and, and defending their wounds and, and needing everybody to sort of placate them. And, 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 and it's not like real healing. So it's like, when are we going to sort of see where um, that is not really helping us? Just like we have to look at that in relationships the red flags are are like blazing bonfires now. <laughs> it's like to the point where um, can we begin to just give ourselves enough uh, permission to say, you know, that's really just not healthy for me. And I know I deserve better. And, and you can begin to cut the cords and the dependency bond with this inverted system and begin to 
reestablish, you know, a sense of sovereignty and, and, and strengthen yourself to, you know, go through these growth periods and initiations and face those wounds and, and, and find, you know, your divine wisdom and find the resourcefulness within your soul to um, bring in the solution and, and, and be um, that force of change in the world. And I just feel the cosmic intelligence of these planetary alignments and all the growth periods that is throwing us, give us everything we need to initiate into ascension and being the advanced human, but it's weaponized and inverted in order to, you know, keep us feeding, um, you know, something that wants to maintain control and enslave. And uh, to me, just talking about relationships, it's like we're going through a massive breakup with an inverted system a false parent and a false system that is not an authority we need to answer to. And we're learning to reconnect with like cosmic natural law and true source energy and our divine blueprint and, and where all these challenges and adversities um, are helping us to rediscover ourselves instead of be further victimized and dependent on something that, um, yeah, it's separating us from our soul. So lots of breakthroughs and it's going to be a powerful year. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yes, it is. <laughs> Geraldine, we're, yes. we're, we're dipping our toe in the soul pool, which sounds like calling your name. <laughs> yeah, so wonderful. Um, yeah, so um, what brings to mind is that, you know, talking about what Laura brought up about how we are healing this wound. I mean, uh, so just looking at, you know, the soul that came into the incarnation, into the physical body, what are we here to experience? We're kind of experiencing uh, separation. You know, that's kind of the name of this game of the incarnation into the 3D where uh, we are learning how to navigate the physical, non-physical, these dualities. And within that, we must learn how to embody the polarities, how to manage these polarities. Um, we are bioelectrical organisms. And that means that in this construct, we need to learn how to balance those polarities bioelectrically within ourselves, which are the feminine and masculine energies that we have within us. Those play psychologically, biologically, uh, inter interconnecting, creating frequencies that bring us into resonance with other beings, people, places, and experiences that will charge those experiences. In, into coming and you know what we're healing is generations and generations of ancestral programs of inversions as laura was just just indicating the inversions of all that is natural it is the control manipulation uh the separation and how we how we express that separation so one of the things that we're learning here as we're becoming this new human is what is the what is relationship dynamics look like you know, what, what is how our exchange is done in a way that is nourishing in where we balance our polarities internally. Um, and from there emerges this natural expression for what? For creation. Because we are innately, inherently these creative organisms. And so we need to understand the mechanics of how things come into creation and the responsibility and also take accountability for what happens when you put in, in the you input into the system, a thought, an emotion, uh, you know, an intention. This is very important. 
And it's something that as this frequency collectively is raising, uh, these manifestations are speeding up in their ability to manifest into the physical. So all of our subconscious fears, all of the deepest, darkest shadows of humanity, and especially having to do with our sexual energy is coming up to the, to the surface now because we are going through a healing. Remember that this is Mother Earth. We are in the divine feminine. We are experiencing for the purpose of creation. We're existing in, in this universe of creation which is the feminine so we are learning how what creation is like and it's in that sexual energy the integration internally that divine alchemical marriage within that we can create and manifest and so when a human comes into their full integration um you know that that polarity within them now creates a magnet for a match and so there's some some laws and some rules that we have to kind of learn um how we are manifesting how we are attracting our partners and the kinds of experiences and lessons, the cycles of karma that we have to um, kind of uh, heal and discard the programming so that we can understand who we really are and what our true intention is in creation. And I think this is incredibly important in relationships because now relationships are not just about the ego and the pleasure body or the one that is hiding or in suffering pain and in, and in the pursuit of Truly, it's the reconnection with the source. That's the pursuit of love. The more humanity is actually pursuing love, is actually in pursuit of source and their reconnection to that reunifying with their source. Um, so a lot of us live our lives seeking outside for love, for pleasure, for sex, for you know addictions uh, in, of every kind to satiate that thirst for that reconnection of source. So I think when it comes to relationships, we have to reconnect with that source first, uh, satiate that internal need for love. And from here emerges now a whole partner that can actually be a participant for creation with another another uh, organism, another being. Uh, so this is what I would say. I love that. So, so kind of what I'm getting from this also is you bring yourself whole to the relationship and then hopefully you attract somebody equally as whole in the relationship, right? Just like David Deida said that the relationship isn't one plus one equals two, it's one plus one equals three, right? And that the two people have to take care of the third, have to take care of the relationship. But right now, what happens to all the people who are mis mismatched, right? They're along their journey. Maybe somebody's more accelerated than their partner. So, you know, crisis is coming up in the relationships. You know, how do we navigate through that? How do people come around? I mean, I see these videos where they have men doing this inner work, right? And somebody's helping them get their trauma out. And it's beautiful that I love that men are doing that. But I don't think the majority, I'll say of America is doing that, you know, so we got a little ways to go. But so what do you think? How could people who are in that mismatched relationship begin to navigate, you know, especially if they're in a in a conflict, a conflicted relationship? What do you guys think? Well, I mean, like how I see things is in order to attract the right partner, you have to love yourself unconditionally first before you can have someone else love you unconditionally. And in order for two people to make it work, you have to be at the same vibrational frequency to be able to connect with each other 
and show each other unconditional love. You know, it, it's so easy to go out and just gravitate towards someone whenever we're feeling empty, let's say, you know, and, and that's just a way of trying to run from the trauma that's stuck within the spine, which affects mm -hmm. the nervous system, which is going to throw you completely out of whack, which is going to open up more emotions for more vulnerability. And it's so easy to do that. So, you know, it, it's like whenever you meet someone, really take the time to get to know that person. You know, we can go running into some relationship very quickly and then it ends just as fast. So it's taking the time of what are you looking for? What qualities do you want? You know, we can be attracted to somebody, which is great, but that doesn't mean the relationship is going to work. We could get attracted. Yeah. And, and if I attracted somebody to me, let's say that was somebody very, very toxic, I'd be like, okay, how did I attract that person to me? Like, what mm. do I have to work on from within my soul in order mm. to attract that right person? Mm -hmm. So, it, you know, it's, it's like doing that inner work first. And whenever we're in a relationship and it ends, some people will just run out and, and go into a new relationship where it's like, you know what? Take that time and space for you to reflect upon that relationship. What did you learn from it? And be really, really honest. Work through that energy, the good and the bad and the ugly. Take time and space for you, that self-love. And then mm -hmm. when you're ready again, you can open up and see what's out there for you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And Jen, you there's know, very I, karmic relationships. And yeah, yeah. And and ideally, you know, in, in my imagination, because it's been a long time since I've been in a relationship, ideally for me. To be able to say to somebody, excuse me for a minute, I'm dealing with my childhood trauma. That's why I'm behaving mm -hmm. this way. I just need yeah. to go, you know, collect myself or, or better yet, yeah. maybe could you hug me? Like, I would love to have a partner that yeah. I could speak that kind of truth with and not have yeah. them look at me like, you know, oh, you're yeah. Old, whatever. Yeah. Like but the right person <laughs> will, will help you work through it. That's that. You know, soulmate connection. People like, oh, I just met my twin flame. And I'm like, you don't understand the difference between a twin flame to a real soulmate. You know, like we can have soulmates with friends, with our with our animals, family or, or anybody, because it's that soul connection that's very authentic and real. Yeah. It's that authenticity and real heart to heart, soul to soul. So you can actually work with different people. Like I've I've met my twin many years ago and I talk to him every now and then and it's something that I'll never be with him I don't want to be with him you know so we can have different relationships with someone and I truly believe we're all teachers we all have our own unique gifts and abilities and talents you know mm -hmm. and when we're open in the mind of the heart you're going to learn something new every day mm -hmm. yes Nori, I had something to say. I, I okay, it's I'm gonna affirm that it's still there. I think your question was so excellent because I agree. There are so many couples out there right now that are having that aha moment, like, oh crap, <laughs> what do I do? <laughs> you know, I'm over here energetically, uh, awareness-wise, all this, right? 
and my partner's over here. What do I do? And so I think it's, I don't think there's a one size fits all answer. I really think it's, it's going to be dependent on both parties in a relationship, but I think it speaks to what you were mentioning about one plus one equals three, not two. And I think a starting place could be, and this could be debatable, but a starting place could be, well, do both people want to still stay in the relationship? If so, then that's going to indicate, okay, well, then what are going to be our steps to working towards greater harmony and healing or whatever it might be? Um, Because if both people don't even want to stay in the relationship, well, then that's going to create an issue, right? Um, And if you do decide to stay in the relationship and you're the one who's Maybe you feel like you're more energetically aware and, you know, conscious of of things that are flowing and all that kind of stuff. And someone else, the other person isn't, then what's that going to require of you, right? It's not, it's not one person's better than the other. We're all on the same journey. Spiritual beings, like it's a very overused phrase, I know, but spiritual beings having the human experience and, you know, so self-compassion, compassion for the partner, where they are. Can you have patience? for them moving through their stuff. Um, it, it's it's going to be a, a, a process for both parties and what are you willing to put up with? So, uh, you know, that could go so much more deeper, but I think it's an excellent question and one that um, a lot of people, I mean, when, when the pandemic hit, there were like tons of divorces, right? There was a whole bunch of people that are just like, that's it, we're done. <laughs> people may not have tolerance for dealing with some of the stuff they've been dealing with. And, and anyway, so that's that's how I see it. I see it as first decide, do both of you even want to still stay together? And then, then if so, what is that going to require for you moving forward so you can grow together versus growing apart? Yes. Yeah, I I just love what everybody's sharing and just, you know, loving the self. It's not necessarily on an ego level, but just, you know, just dignity, self-respect, um, just knowing that you deserve to be with somebody that lets you just be the fullness of all that you are and anything less. Um, yeah, if, if, if you can't establish a connection where you 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 can have that um it, it might not be worth your while um i really feel like no matter where we are on our path as long as we really hold in our hearts and in our intention what it is you know we're looking for we 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 can sort of see if if the person in front of us has those qualities you know to see if it's worth um just getting to know that person more deeply and you know it's amazing uh just how quickly people can, you know, kind of come together and then get to know each other versus being like best friends and feeling really comfortable with each other and then taking that next step. So it is a total mixed bag. There is not a one size fits all. But I think the most important thing is just, you know, a, a certain level of like spiritual maturity and and willingness to just look at the programs and look at the patternings and look at the ancestral patterns and everything Um you know, just to just be kind of laid out, you know, when you're triggered, can you be honest with yourself? Can you, can you just like Nori was saying earlier, you know, just, I need to just look at this. It's not you. You said something that reminded me of something and, and it's bringing something up. And instead of projecting that you're that person, because I have a trauma in me, I just want to just discuss it. And I just need some space held. Right. So it just takes like so much 
I mean, we have the masculine feminine within ourselves, integration of polarity. Our DNA requires us to integrate polarity to begin to move to these, you know, dormant uh, strains, you know, reactivating into hierogamic union. And along the way, you know, we confront all the gatekeepers and all the different programs that have created this imbalance throughout our human history and what we've inherited and what we've been modeled and what has been like thrown upon us. And so, you know, you just want somebody who's willing to be on that adventure with you, you know, have, have like humor about it and, and just like hold space to just like tackle it as, as, you know, things come up because, you know, if we're in our physical vessel and we might be, yeah, just running, you know, feminine energy, we have the masculine energy too. So, you know, we want to assist each other in being able to tap into uh, maybe a part of ourselves that isn't so dominant. So uh, maybe we inspire, you know, the masculine to get in touch with his inner feminine and he can encourage us to get in touch with our inner warrior of like being able to stand our ground and not be victimized and not be stomped all over or not be used and abused. Um, you know, it's that willingness, you know, finding those people that are like, you know, I'm ready to be on that path. And to move into that um, depth of soul uh, beyond, you know, all this matrix stuff and, you know, to, to check yourself and, and you'll know, correct yourself because narcissists and abusers, you know, aren't going to want to do that. You know, so a lot of people that are surviving um, or not surviving, but overcoming the wounds from those kind of abusive or tragic relationships, you know, you want, you know, somebody who's like super sensitive that um, that you know, when you need to like, like back off and, 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 and just have a conversation or, or, or just ask questions and, and, and like create a feeling of safety between, you know, each other so that you really feel a sacred space is being held so that, um, you know, you can just be vulnerable and, and, and share intimately on a soul level, you know, you'll just really feel into the magic of, of like what love is really about. And, what our sexual energy is really about and how that is such a spiritual experience and really connects us to God. And it's been yeah. so distorted and perverted and, um, and, and we're just like in massive recovery. So you want somebody who is just like willing to, you know, do that work instead of be triggered and act out without having the ability to step back and check the self and, and, and just be like, wow, okay. You know, um, we're all going to get triggered. Is that person going to become abusive and just act out and, and, and be blame, shame, victim game, or, or are you going to just be able to just really sit with yourselves and just, you know, look at like, what is the root of that? And where did that come from? And, and, and talk about, you know, your history and what you've been through and, and just, you know, create greater understanding because you'll get closer to each other. You'll bond more deeply. You'll set each other free because you're not here to be in a codependency bond. You're here to be sovereign. You're here to find your authenticity and have that hierogamic union within yourself established to be whole, that you can walk with somebody that does that as well and still have this merging on a soul level, you know, where you're bonded, but you're still sovereign. You're still solid. You still love each other for who you are. And if, you know, it doesn't work out, you love each other enough to let each other go because you don't want to possess or control you know and you're over all of that you love the person enough to set them free and if they're really meant to be they'll return you know it's just like a lot of like you know maturity and um a lot of uh just um yeah and and if you find that that person you know can't do that you know is that going to crush your self-esteem is that going to destroy you it's just you know don't give them that person that power you know just give yourself permission to be all that you're here to be 
and 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 is that person worthy of you you know can they can they appreciate that because what somebody might judge and criticize about you somebody else could fall in love with you know why waste your time right <laughs> So beautiful. So beautiful. Um, what, what, what I would say to this is I, I don't believe that there are mismatch in relationships. And the reason why is because we live in an, in, an intelligent universe uh, where everything has a purpose. And because we are deeply interconnected, um, what, you know, the kind of relationships that we've come into, it's, if you can think about even the cells in your body, how they intelligently know where to go in your body, what to do, what their purpose is. Um, because we are bioelectrical, these systems are working through charge of resonance. And so in the same way, humans, we unite with other humans by resonance. And our core frequency within the subconscious mind, all of the subconscious programs that we're running are what create that resonance. So it's very incredible when I do coaching with clients that when you begin to uncover these core reasons why, you know, they believe they're deeply mismatched or they outgrew each other. But in reality, the reason why they were brought together in the first place was to learn certain things. And, and both of these uh, individuals create this kind of polarity that trigger the imbalanced polarity in each individual, whether it's the feminine or the masculine energy. Remember, we both have both feminine and masculine, but when we balance those two within us, our natural essence charge of creation emerges. But when we don't balance those, we go into counter creation. And so that counter creation that we come into creates imbalanced exchanges in a partnership. And our job is to identify really at the core, what is our participation? What's our imbalance? How are we uh, imbalancing those polarities within us? Um, you know, as, as Laura was mentioning, maybe some of us are not in, uh, going into our divine masculine. And, uh, you know, we create these imbalanced uh, uh, exchanges with our partner because we don't understand how our wounding is causing that imbalance within us. So for those of you that are in partnerships and where you're, you know, beginning to feel mismatch, uh, what will happen is that as soon as you understand your core subconscious belief and you begin to rebalance it, you will no longer be in resonance with that partner. And naturally, uh, most of these relationships just really just fall apart. You know, either you go into divorce or you change or you need to move or something happens that they begin and you, you really need to be conscious, awake, enough to be able to make the choices that are necessary outside of the survival beat state where you are consciously taking, um, uh, you know, conscious choices in directing yourself. And for those that have children, this is, this is uh, important because um, what we're healing in partnerships. So first, let me mention uh, our idea of love is extremely romanticized. We think about Valentine's day. This is, a, this is just a, a construct and, and a holiday for marketing and business and, and really money. And, and in the old days, uh, these were rituals, rituals of, of exchange and, uh, you know, where we where we celebrated fertility. But all of these practices of divine fertility have been inverted, you know, through the generations until now, we are deeply disconnected from, uh, from what sex is. And our, our first love is the real love, which is not the romantic union, is, again, that union with the source, with the self. So that is where we have to find our source of love. 
not in a partnership. So that has to be that has to be very important. And when you when you can uh, provide yourself love, you are the source of your love. Um, when you come into a partnership, um, you know you 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 both become a creative force. And so, um, to be able to find that kind of connection through resonance is requires some some deep internal work. And the shadow work that we're clearing up are generations of sexual trauma. Uh, you know, uh, generations of, of the imbalanced power roles between uh, genders, between, you know, the uh, uh, creation. And we, we have to, we are correcting uh, by aligning more with natural cycles of life and death of nature. We are coming back to nature, coming back to that connectedness uh, to the Mother Earth of those regeneration cycles. And um, uh, th- this is what we're healing. So um, in resonance, when it comes to resonance, and, and finding your right partner, um, you know, we, we want to identify what is our subconscious programming. And we, we are completely 100% in charge of changing our frequency so that we can come in to attract if we want to attract a partner. And the final thing I will say that relationships are always for ascension. They are always meant to trigger when you decide to come into a union going to trigger the deepest shadows of yourself for the purpose of ascension, because from here emerges the highest octave of creation of a human expression. Love that. Wow. Boy, that got deep. I have a thought, though. And um, <laughs> I, 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 yeah, one. Uh, I heard earlier that we mentioned something about bad relationships, and I think that men... And women might think alike on this particular issue because you may want to leave a bad relationship. But unless and before you understand and heal what's in yourself that brought you, that made you love or may got attracted to that other person, that has to be healed. Otherwise, you're going to end up with a different person yeah. that has the same qualities and you're going to go through the same old mess again, very likely, unless you wake up yeah. to some love attraction. Yeah. And I think men think less of that than possibly women do because women are usually deeper thinkers than men are. And I've been listening to this. Ken, I'm talking to the listeners out there right now. These ladies are talking in color. Think back 50, 70 years ago. Could we have a conversation like this? Not likely. Their eyes will roll back in the head and the people will walk away on you. They wouldn't understand. See how far we have come. And we are accelerating much faster right now. What do you think, Nori? Oh, you're muted. You're muted, Nori. <laughs> yeah. Now? There you are. Yeah. Yeah. My mic died. Can I tell a quick funny story just to highlight Augie's point? Uh, I was adopted, and my parents had this brilliant idea that they thought that I would go my whole lifetime and not figure out that I was adopted. So... It hit the fan when I was 12 years old, probably at the, you know, worst possible, you know, 
hormonal growth spurt time. And my mother's best friends, so their best friends are two, two little New York ladies, right? Best friends. They both couldn't have children. They both adopted children. And when I finally got to talk to Aunt Mabel, right, my mother's best friend, when I was, I don't know, maybe I was 30, I was like, come on, Aunt Mabel, you know, what were they thinking? How could they think they wasn't going to find out and, you know, a bunch of other stuff? And she said, you know, Noah, it's not hmm. like it is now. You know, it's not like the way it is now with Oprah talking about everything on the TV. You know, the the husbands went out and set everything up and your mother and I sat at home. And I was like, wow, I didn't realize, you know, because I saw my mother, you know, my mother were, was working in a hospital and she was really avant-garde. So I saw her as so, you know, powerful in her own right. And then to realize that she was in that position just blew me away. So you're right, Augie, we couldn't have had this conversation 50 years that's, ago. Yeah, yeah that's right. what I've been thinking. You're yeah, right. and, and I mean, that's even like, you know, one of, one of my points of how, you know, the world is really awakened. So if, if you look back on like even certain people, let's say that you knew, and then you see where they are today, there's a really big difference. You know, I've, I've heard from different people that I've been really shocked about, you know, how much they've really awoken to things. So, you know, everything that's been going on in the world you know, as I see it, is it's a gift. It's it's how we go about it. I mean, if we stay in the modality of fear, you're you're gonna just stay there. You know, like I I do what I want, and that's the way it is. If anybody starts going onto the fear zone, I walk the opposite direction. You know, because we all see things in our own level of perception, and as long as you're staying true to who you are, that's the only thing that matters, and being authentic. Because you, in order to stay there, you have to walk your own vibrational frequency in order for it to align in your own soul's path and purpose. So people are like, no, I'm not, I, that's not okay anymore. I'm, I'm making that change. That's why there's so many drastic changes going on as well. Cause we're ready. Like the people are ready. So okay. it's, it's a real gift. I take a look at it. It's a real gift right now. Everything, how everything's been going on. I'll take it a negative situation and a traumatic situation, and I'll turn it into something very, very positive. Yep. Very positive, no matter what it is. Sounds like alchemy. Yeah, yeah. very important. Can I, I want to, Nori, I love, Nori and Aggie, I love that you brought up this aspect of not everyone being ready to have those conversations because this speaks back to the whole piece of. That's why it's so important for all of us to find our own, you know, connection with source, inner alignment, whatever phrasing you want to use for it. But being able to feel confident, confident in who you are, loving who you are, even when let's say all the people who were previously in your life that you thought were part of your support system, you thought loved you are now going, wait a second, that person's talking about things that I'm not ready to talk about. I'm not ready to look at that yet. And <laughs> and I'm speaking from personal experience, by the way, um, it, it, it was a huge shock to me when I started on my journey because I thought everyone was going to come with me. 
I really did, you know, and I'd heard, and I'd actually heard so many times, you know, no, not everyone's going to come with you, but having the experience of it, um, that can create just like, that can really mess with you emotionally. And so the gift in it though, just like Jenny was saying, is that, oh, okay. I had to learn how to be even more aligned, more okay with, okay, these people, yes, I choose to still love them. I believe that they love me, but right now, because they're just a, a disparity between, you know, our energy or whatever, however you want to phrase it, we're not able to be in the same space right now. And so what does this mean for moving forward? What does it mean for me? How do I now, you know, it start you start to reframe your relationship and see things differently. And um, anyway, so Beyond just romantic relationships, it speaks to all the other relationships in our lives, too, is everyone's shifting and evolving. Not everyone's going to go at that same pace. And the more we have that in our alignment with ourselves first, you're going to be able to navigate those choppy waters a lot more fluidly um, than if you didn't have that. So, yeah. Yeah. I was just thinking, too, about just the wounds a person might carry when they're not maybe really ready to take on a relationship. Because if you're looking outside of yourself for validation or something to fill that void or that part of you that you don't love, that you're seeking something outside of you to love, um, that is where, you know, a lot of um, dark energy from that person can begin to, to like infiltrate and like kind of take advantage of. Uh, so you can still be wounded, but, you know, are those wounds something that, um, you know, you know that you're working with and working on, but not like giving that to something outside of yourself in order to uh, protect yourself from uh, just being baited in by, you know, the charmer, the person that says what you want to hear and, and, and um, you know, kind of seduces you or charms you into, um, you know, making a connection. It's like just having discernment with your wounds is so important because no doubt we were born into a gaping wound. We've, we've been wounded. We, we have been passed down um, all sorts of patternings and woundings and traumas that we've um, inherited and experienced ourselves that, you know, we have to address. And what's so interesting is the things that we see are being damaged in our society. The next generation of children coming in are here to like really heal it, even though they're up against that very indoctrination that they're here to override. Um, and, and so it really starts on a micro level when, when we just look at that, uh, we, we, we want to give more self-respect and self-love to those parts of ourselves that are wounded so that, um, you know, love is, you know, something inspiring and something that is a mutual exchange of, you know, energy that is transformative. And, and it's like, we feel that repair work being done how that extends to the planetary grid network and the, you know, divine template and true blueprint that we hold within ourselves mm -hmm. instead of something that we often do like with pandemic is we, we get thrown into fear and then we look outside of ourselves for the solution. You know, if we can stand really strong with these, you know, wounds in, 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 in a, a really beautiful way um, and looking for the qualities in a person you know, that uh, is willing to do that work on themselves as well, instead of just uh, having your ego placated or, or uh, appeased, um, you know, you'll, you'll, you know, find, you know, real soul family and people that you can just, just be vulnerable with and sensitive with and, and transparent with. 
um, instead of having it taken advantage of or used against you. And so, you know, it takes like a lot of, you know, self-love, like the inner mother within you that's holding your inner child and just giving it that unconditional love um, instead of looking for an outside authority to validate or, um, you know, appease it when uh, very often it's dragging you into um, something that could be potentially very disastrous and dangerous. So it's so interesting to see the micro and macro of what we navigate in our personal relationship world and how that extends to the larger picture of um, how we deal with the outer authority systems that uh, seem to care about us and want to step in when there's a crisis. But um, wow, if, if, if we are in a fear response and fight or flight, are we really, um, uh, is that really a good idea or, or do we need to look at that uh, crisis and challenge and, and delve into the depth of um, the parts of ourselves that have been sleeping that we want to reawaken with somebody that can do that with us? Hope that made sense. <laughs> That was beautiful. That was beautiful. Yes. Unbelievable. Another deep one. Ooh, <laughs> I'm this. So I, I have a question now that I brought up ancestry. Um, and, you know, I'm the minute I walked out of my front door at 18 years old, I immediately went into therapy because... You, you know, I mean, just the adoption thing, you could imagine what that was. But I got the message that love was supposed to hurt. And somehow I have this God-given gift. Maybe it was because I didn't have their DNA. I don't know. That I knew that I needed to change all of those messages that I learned before I went forward in my life. Now, did I have some trial and error? Did I have some bad relationships that helped me grow? Yeah, I did. But I would love to ask you, Geraldine, the impact of ancestry on us and on our relationships. Yeah, so the impact is is really huge because it's in our blueprint. It's in our DNA. We essentially hold ancestral programs that are passed down, specifically trauma, which are expressed through us subconsciously, and they make up the majority of our subconscious programming. And so from the womb, the womb, your experience and your time in the womb and the way that your mother held you, the thoughts and the emotions that she was feeling when you were in the womb, they all play a role mm -hmm. in creating the, your filter of perception when you are birthed, when you come out of that womb into this life, it creates a filter of perception. And that's really huge because if, for example, in that womb, mother was feeling afraid of bringing into you into the world because maybe father was not able to uh, hold space uh, and therefore, you know, she felt that it would not be a good time. And, you know, let's say even thought about abortion at some point, that child felt all of that. And it becomes a program from themselves about how they see themselves, of their own self-worth. Um, and, of course, you can imagine how profound that very deep layer of programming plays a role in the creation of what? Our personality. Because our personality is essentially a construct that we create for survival. And so from the womb until the age of seven, we are first uh, taking, taking those programs from mother and father. And mother and father, very important to begin to observe as you, as you take a look at your own trauma, you know, who 
played those roles? Was it mother or father that made you feel certain ways? And take a look at, as you get into the layers of those emotions, because what happens is that both of those are creating your perception of how you should hold feminine and masculine energy within yourself. And so when you, let's say we have a a missing father um, or an overpowering mother or something like this, um, that's how we see ourselves. And that's also the kind of role that we're going to play in our relationships, our intimate partnerships. Um, So, you know, it plays a tremendous role. And again, you know, Augie brought up the concept of of the repetition, the cycles. We end up dating uh, dad, you know, over and over again, or we end up dating mother over and over again. And it isn't until you wake up consciousness to what are truly your subconscious intentions. And this is why it's important for you to understand, you know, first of all, that, you know, your pursuit of love, again, comes from the internal self. You are the provider of your acceptance, your security, your, your approval. All of that has to come from the self first. Okay, so when you have that down, now you can begin to see if you want to share this whole universe with another whole universe that has also hopefully in the pursuit of that same understanding, Um, because otherwise we end up repeating these patterns. And the worst part or the, the, you know, well, the truth about it is that we uh, inherit this into the next generation and our children uh, suffer. They, uh, we, we are, we are propagating this suffering generationally, unconsciously, and the fact is that our little children. Just remember yourself when you were a child. You were able to, you, you read right through your mother. You read right through your father, um, even if they had a smile on the face. You knew what they were subconsciously feeling. So we have to now wake up consciousness and have compassion for our presence. And the role that we're playing in the programs that we're inheriting, the environment that we create in our home, how does that, how do we express love to ourselves? Are we a demonstration? Are we demonstrating a person that loves themselves, you know, to our children and, you know, to our loved ones? Um, So being a beacon and an example of that self-sustaining organism of sovereignty and unconditional self-love and an an observer state of non-judgment. Okay, where we begin to hold those those polarities in a powerful way. And what happens is that both the man and the woman in a partnership begin to hold space. The role of the man is to come into their deep consciousness, their deep presence, that grounded presence. The role of the feminine is to be deeply connected to her intuition and to deeply trust that intuition as she becomes, um, you know, the the divine connection to this to the spiritual world. You know, so these two energies, when they hold this grounded space in a in a unit, we change the world from here because you are rebalancing the imbalance, which is you are a fractal of this universe that is now projected into our society. So when we begin to judge the violence, the inversions, the hate, the crime that is existing external to us, well, all of that is a reflection of the internal wars that we have within us. So uh, these are, so we, if we want to change the world, we have to heal that inside of ourselves um, in order to become, to be an example embodied energetic bioelectrical charge of of actual real love which is not romantic it is a communion with nature um and that's kind of what we want to come into love that 
I love that. And, you know, I'm hearing over and over again, spiritual maturity, right? And that's really, that should be a prerequisite, right? Prior to, prior to really getting into a relationship to, you know, have, have having a child. Source. Excuse me. I'm so sorry. Uh, having a child, especially, hopefully, hopefully oh, there would be that, some training for us parents, you know, to, to, to become a parent. I would, I would really love for there to be a school for that. That would be amazing. And, and honestly, you know, as a nurse, I can't tell you how many times in the critical care unit we would say, we can't really do anything. They just need new parents when we would yeah. get children in. I mean, we, we really, we said that many, many times. So mm-hmm. Geraldine is spot on. Um, so I'm hearing spiritual maturity and I'm hearing compassion. And, mm-hmm. and you know, it, when you work on yourself and then you enter that relationship, and honestly, this crazy soul contract that I have with my 86-year-old godmother has taught me so much about relationships. And, you know, now I, I look at her with curiosity every day because she's different every day and I don't get mad at her, you know, because she's cranky or, you know, whatever, you know, happens to old people that day. And, and I thought, wouldn't it be nice to have a partner that you were curious about every day? And if he was cranky at the breakfast table, you're like, okay, okay, give him a hug, give him some extra coffee, whatever, you know, just, just a, kind of shift and dance, you know, between the energies uh, that we are every day. And I would think that would be minute by minute, tell me if I'm wrong, minute by minute, balancing, dancing the masculine and feminine, right? It's kind of, it seems to me to be an energetic dance. Would that be a good way to put it? Yeah, I think so. I was just thinking that before you said that, it's just the energy of just, just dancing, you know, integration of polarity and just there's power struggles, right? And and just the conflict and battle. But then there's just the just being able to, you know, dance with, you know, one another and just flow with mm-hmm. one another. And it's like the the patriarchal programming is so much to recover from and it's impacted both genders. Um, but when we look at what is that within ourselves? And I love what um, Geraldine said, and I and I say this a lot. Yeah, it's like we have to win the war within ourselves and reconcile these forces within ourselves to heal the outer war um, that is being presented to us. Because sacred union is very targeted. It's something we are raised with. It's the weaponization of um, relationship. It's like incredible the divorces the divorce rate and all these different um societal uh programs that are just like thrown at us that we have to confront um you know creates a real power struggle of like you know just these really imbalanced partnerships where somebody wants you know control and there's jealousy and there's just like argument and there's just fighting and but but where can things be harmonized because sometimes you know it's there's not one that dominates over the other. It's just, it's, it's knowing and being fluid with when it's your turn to have a voice and be heard. You know, it's like the masculine could be the guardian and protector and the feminine is more receptive and, and nurturing, but that exists within each of our bodies. And at certain times we are going to pull that part of ourself out 
that is needed to confront a certain situation. And, you know, when you're really with somebody that you can work with, you know, you'll stand up to the occasion. You'll, you'll feel, you know, protected when you need to be vulnerable and you'll stand up and be the warrior and take charge and, you know, when you need to just listen and be quiet, you know, it's just, you're fluid and you're dancing. It's just, you're, you're feeling the energies of the cosmos and, and nature like move through you instead of the, the programmings and just everything that has been conditioned into us. And that's what we're just like deprogramming and releasing and resolving and removing so that we just feel just the naturalness of it all, because it's just deep within our soul. It's not something we need to learn. It's something that already is. We need to unlearn what's been conditioned into us. And that's where I just feel like it just comes so natural. And it's just like, wow, there isn't a power struggle. This is actually harmonizing. It's like, actually, um, it flows just perfectly. Like raising kids, just like you see the man take on the you know feminine role and the woman wants to take on a more masculine role and then you kind of switch but it's it, you don't even have to contemplate it's just natural because you're not answering to the program you're not trying to uphold a status quo you know you're just feeling the fluidity of you know the soul connection and knowing how to respond in a certain um when when a, when 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 a crisis strikes or when something comes up you just know what to do because you're in your intuition you're in in your heart center and um and and that will just begin to just repair uh and and rehabilitate all that needs to be uh rehabilitated i think it's the core micro stuff that we're doing on the inner levels in relationship that ripples out and is what is healing the world right now i think relationship getting yep. down that is everything once we get that figured out and our micro world is you know established where you know we feel whole and centered and we're just really solid in those partnerships you know we're leading by example and that's the new paradigm instead of gurus and leaders and religions and you know just all this stuff and everything that's been blasted at us it's getting down to like the core like level of all this inner work yeah. we're doing I see uh, Nori made it back, but I want to take 35 seconds and talk to the men out there for just a second. <laughs> and uh, listen really close, because if you're 19 years old, 22, yeah, all this deep stuff that we have been talking about that really becomes more important to you later. Mm -hmm. You should look at it now because later comes very fast if you are in a relationships and men usually we are more technical about things especially young guys we look at curves we look at a nice smile we look at nice eyes good hair we look at the person on the outside first before we start talking and getting to know them but a lot of men that's all they look for. I said, yes, I know, because I've talked to them. That's all <laughs> they really care about to go into a relationship. But if yeah. that is all there is, there's only one thing to say, and that is good luck with that. <laughs> because chances are that is going to go in the ditch for you because you got to look ahead 10, 20, 30, 40 years. You got to be able to have fun with a person, deep conversations, and be able to make them feel safe. 
that is extremely important. If you don't feel safe in a relationship, you are pulling out the cornerstone and the house is starting to fall apart. So, uh, guys, look behind the smile. There is more to that woman than what you see when you first see her. Is it, I don't know. I mean, it, it really takes same. time. Yeah, that's great. I think that's really good. And I mean, like, it really, really takes time getting to know someone and to build a yeah. foundation with that person, you know, and, and I mean, even when you're ending a relationship as well, it's, you know, let's say if somebody really hurt you, if it's a relationship that you're in or a friend or coworker or whoever it is, it's really, really important to forgive that person so you can move forward. However, it doesn't mean that you're saying it was okay with what you did to me or how you treated me. You want to be able to forgive that person from within so you can walk forward and find your own peace and also to reflect back onto those lessons that you have learned. I mean, any lessons I learned, I'm always grateful for it because it helps me transcend forward. So when we keep yeah. things more simple, you're going to see things more simple rather than complicated. Beautiful. There's um, a question in the chat room. David Hubbard asks, how do you dive deeper into all the programming if your parents have passed? It starts with the self. It starts with the self. It's, it, I know there can be that wondering of, you know, well, what did they believe and how did this originate and blah, blah, blah. But it goes simply to you, you are enough, start right here, start right here with you. Um, uh, and then there's other modalities and things like that. I'm sure some of the people here, you know, Akashic Records, all this stuff like can help people uncover that other ancestral stuff. And I'll throw another one in there um, that I've done a few times. I'm going to be doing it again myself is Family Constellations. Um, I think that's another excellent one to delve into ancestral patterns and like, why do I keep having the same, you know, issue with different people in my life? And you can find out it's linked to something that happened in your family. And um, anyway, so start with you. But then there are lots of really awesome modalities that can help you uncover stuff. And you don't need any of those other people that were actually part of your your lineage to be there for that. And that's not a bad thing either if they can be, but if they can't be, then, you know, there are other ways to still go about uncovering stuff. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Geraldine, do you take people subconsciously back to healing ancestral patterns? Yes, I do. And um, also, um, just to directly answer that question, I think one of the most powerful ways to access information, because we are bioelectrical, um, is through the emotional body, because emotions are an electrical charge, okay? They're, they biochemically create chemicals in the body that create chain reactions in the body. And our chakra system, the energy centers of the body, are organized by frequency from lowest to highest in the body. Okay, and within that frequency is the language of, of frequency emotion, which is these wavelengths it's from lowest to most fastest moving wavelengths of frequency. What are what is that for the human through the physical body? They are emotions. So how we translate our everyday experience is through those emotions and what we how we have learned 
to respond to emotions, to process emotions in the body, if we have learned to process emotions properly through the body. Um, you know, and this is something that we, this is the work that the shadow work is to begin to become acquainted with your relationship with each emotion and begin and simply through the emotion, you can uncover your history. A lot of people uh, miss blocks of memory in their childhood. They can't remember. Why? Because sometimes the trauma was so strong that, you know, the brain has to preserve itself away from that and suppresses those memories. But it doesn't mean they've disappeared. We simply need to connect with the overall emotion, the feeling, the sense that you had throughout your childhood. And if you sit with that sense for just a few minutes, you're going to begin to uncover that emotions have many layers to them. So let's say the emotion was anger. Okay, so sit with the anger. All of a sudden comes frustration, loneliness, uh, anger. Okay, now you're getting somewhere. In, embedded with those emotions are going to have many memories. And those memories are going to take you back. Those are gold. You want to take those memories and begin to uncover. And we are we are actually doing a project of exploration, excavation into your subconscious mind, not from a judgment. So we are not compartmentalizing as good and bad, but rather as a neutral observer to observe, gain an understanding. And remember, emotions are extremely temporary. They're very, they pass through the body pretty quickly if you come into an observer state. But as they process through the body, pay attention to what's happening. Do you hold that in your belly? Do you hold it in your chest? Because this is usually where people develop illnesses uh, or aches and pains in the body or stagnation or blocked chakras because this emotion is flowing through the body. So we have to connect and begin to process, feel those emotions in its totality. Let, let the life of that emotion move through you and you will gain a lot of insights. Those insights will bring you closer to truth and they will shift your perception from a myopic view into something where you begin to see your perception, the perception of the players in your experience. It could be mother, father, brother, sister, neighbor, and put yourself in these other perceptions so that you can grow, you can broaden your perception, get acquainted with those emotions as well. And this is how you begin to grow energetically. You grow gray matter in the brain, which allows you to be a more conduit for life force, for source energy through the body. And you also activate DNA and you also grow your light body. Your auric body begins to grow. It cultivates into a strength, a stronger, uh, uh, because you, you know yourself deeply. This is how you know yourself. So this is uh, something that, of course, I do and, and many people do. But simply through the emotions, you can access. And uh, what comes from here is that you begin to learn and get acquaint yourself with the opposite because a lot of people are not familiar with positive emotions. It's very surprising, but many of us have never truly experienced peace. Some of us really are not that acquainted with real love or unconditional love. We've never really felt that. You have to acquaint yourself with what that feels like. And that is the programming aspect. If you can embody that unconditional love in your body, feel it even towards yourself. Now you begin to in input a lot different information into the cellular level of your body. And this is profound healing can occur. If you, if you do this to your little inner children the, of all these little memories, now you can begin to integrate fractals of yourself. 
And it's a very uh, transformative way that will shift your perception out of that victimization into co-creation. Beautiful. That's beautiful. Yes. A question in the chat room. Um, we can take a vote um, if we want to address it, because I'm just going to put it out there. Um, Alchemist Alexander says, what does cultivating sexual energy and expressing sexual energy look like? And do we need a partner to have sex to express that sexuality? And what does it even mean to express it? A lot of questions there. I mean, sexuality comes from within. If you have a partner or not, it, it's how you feel about yourself, how you are aligned within yourself. You know, you know I mean, sexuality can be really any modality you know it, it's staying staying true to who you are and expressing yourself you know yeah. you can express yourself in a very tantric way with the right partner you know it, it's all about feeling safe and accepted unconditionally with that partner you know right. there's different ways to be sexual with someone you know it, it can there's so many ways and modalities to be that as long as you're being very you know you're comfortable within your own self and you're really connecting with your partner you're going to find it's a really big difference between lust and making love or or a quickie or or sexual or whatever and there's nothing wrong with that as long as you're okay with it and especially your partner knows what your intentions are because we can go and have one night stands and you know there, there's a lot of you know let's say you know kids out there or different people that say you know what i love you i love you just to get you in into bed right so there's a lot of karmic energy with that that goes way deep 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 down with that yeah, so something simple can turn into something really really big and go the opposite direction real fast there's a big difference between having sex and making love and people yes. should really should really realize that Mm -hmm. And I guess I'd like to throw a Crohn's spin on this, that you don't need a partner to express your sexual energy. And I think that it's truly optimal to learn how to harness your own sexual energy to connect with source, to find mm -hmm. that version of you and then maybe think about expressing it in other ways, but it can be such a creative force and it doesn't have to be something that you're expressing through, you know, sexual intercourse. It can be, it can be through art. It can be through dance. It could be through yeah. meditation. It could be through uh, other experiences, off planet experience. I mean, it's, it, yeah. it's unlimited unlimited it is a really yeah, yeah creative force spiritual and creative and and to be harnessed and it's you know sacred energy and it just needs to be used wisely um for sure yep. <laughs> and and what, what people have been you know kind of taught just 
you know, just got to just recognize like this is your creative power. You know, you don't want it to be infected with um, energies that just aren't, you know, good for you. It just you don't want to lose the the intimacy of soul connection and love. Um, it's just like we're we're really powerful beings and it's a part of our um, energy force. And uh, it's um, a really creative, you know, power and they've leveraged that they, they use that they, they want that um, um, to, to battery up these artificial, you know, timelines and just these, these dysfunctions that we see in our society. Um, and and what they're like pushing upon our children in the school systems is like really you know quite devastating. So, you know, it's to me it's like the sacred. It's just it's it's about bringing it back to just you know the sacredness of it all. Yeah, that's a good mm-hmm. point. Yeah, I, I also want to mention. I mean, uh, sex is okay. So we we are inherently creators. We are creating with our words. We're creating with our thoughts. We're creating with our intentions your most powerful primordial life force which is your sexual energy is the most powerful life force that you have within you and as laura was just mentioning that these parasitic systems feed off of the waste of your energy of this primordial energy energy does not just disappear everything is transforming and it goes somewhere. So your intention behind the use of your sexual energy is incredibly important. Just like everything in your life has to be intentional because you are a creator. There is that responsibility of being a human creation organism. And I just want you to think that in, in a sperm, in, in one ejaculation, there are 400,000 little sperms. Each one of those sperms is a life. It's a potential life. So every time that we uh, release this seed, you are letting that go. And there are some techniques that have been practiced for many uh, centuries by, by masters and people that cultivate the light force to begin to redirect that intention of energy into healing. And actually, uh, sex can actually be utilized for healing the body, the organs of the body. Um, and utilizing orgasm as a form of reconnection with source, because that is when the body dissolves and you become one with, with all through the physical body. So our ideas of sex as being a sin or taboo is a very profound psyops program that was inserted into humanity. And so we need to change that in understanding what is actually sex. That union is actually one of the most powerful and you are creating lives in other dimensions as well through sex. Even if you have a one night stand, that union is actually directed by by a higher self-organizing system, reuniting genetic lines for creation. So if you begin to change your understanding of the value of yourself as a creative human, you begin to take more responsibility and the kind of uh, 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 sex that you're having, the intention behind that as pure love, pure unconditional love is actually a centripetal spin and where you are creating an implosion of healing and co-creation. And that's kind of um, an invitation that is, you know, part of this 
package of being a new human is that you understand the power of love, pure love, not from the ego, not from the fearful parts of you. Um, so being aware of the programs that go into your sexual act are extremely important. Love this. Anybody else want to weigh in? Augie, you want to weigh in on this? Or? Yeah, I got one thought again. Again? Uh, and that is that for all of you out there watching and listening to this, if you are in a relationship where you are not happy, something is not right, I suggest very highly watch this show again because there's a good likelihood you will find something in here that's going to say, boing, that's what I was missing. So watch it again if you're not 100% happy where you are because the brilliance and the information that these ladies brought out, um, I, I don't even know how to classify it because this was good. Off the charts. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And if we could just go around one more time and I'm going to ask, I'm going to borrow Augie's words. If you could say something to the planet and the whole planet was listening, Kim, what would you say? Oh, that's a great question. Um, love yourself more, more, go deeper. Don't put limits to it. If, if you've already been loving yourself and it's not happening, it's not changing anything, more. What else can you do? Keep going. There's no end to our growth, our potential to evolving um, more love. Thank you. Beautiful. Jenny, I'm, I'm, I'm um, going out of order. Sorry. I should have told you. That's sorry. okay. Um, I mean, like our, our planet needs a lot of love, a lot of unconditional love. And every day, that I, I chant every day and I also do prayers every day. And so, and I send out unconditional love to all of the species, all of energy on this planet, especially to the dark forces, because if the dark forces seen unconditional love and felt it, things would change. And it's really important to show yourself love, love and compassion and kindness to you as well very important thank you those people yes send love to the dark forces and the people out there of that yes. ilk because it messes with their head and it might crack the shell yeah. so you yeah. love getting in exactly why i do that laura yes i would laura? Yes, I would say just, yes, honor your bodies, the temple, guard it and protect it and only allow what you feel aligned with to come in to it. Don't be afraid of what has already gotten inside, though, uh, and just take time, to pur uh, take time to just purge and clear, you know, the space um, because, you know, everything is about maintenance. We don't really arrive at this place of enlightenment. We We have to tend to you know, our vessels and just make sure that it stays purified and clear and, um, you know, just have strong boundaries. Just if you feel you don't resonate with something, just just feel strong in yourself to know when to say no and, and not consent. 
and uh you know what you allow others to um share with you you know make sure you know they're um just on the same level of integrity and tend to the wounds and just know that they hold jewels of, you know, wisdom and, and all dis-ease and adversity is, is here to show us is the resources deep within us that we hold to heal and regenerate and transform in the face of anything that's being thrown at us. But we are divine beings and, you know, just really redevelop your self-worth in relationship with that instead of what you've been conditioned to think you should be, you know, just honor your truth and your intuition and give it a voice and, and give it strength. And, you know, just get to know yourself more in the face of the things that you find um, challenging because everything about our bodies is alerting us. It wants us to get to know it ourselves better. So when it's a discomfort or a pain, it's, it's actually, you know, a gift because it's showing us something that, you know, we, we need to get more in touch with and bring unconditional love into so that we can unlock all these dormant aspects of ourself and yes. rediscover the fullness of all that we are. Thank you, Laura. That's beautiful. And again, last but not least, Geraldine, what would you say to the world? Yes. Um, you know, uh, we are, we are in an eight year in an eight year and that represents the infinity cycle of karma. Okay. And so the, the karmic and karmic cycles. So uh, one, one thing I want to mention is, you know, take a look at, you know, the cause and effect. Okay. So, we need to get really close with an understanding that most of us are living in are existing in states of survival and your personal ethics and integrity usually are based on the actions that enhance your survival of yourself and your families and, and your friends. But um, that being said, you know, your integrity with yourself is actually the most important thing at this time. It determines everything that you do within your own private time. So it and it determines who you are today. It determines where you're going. It determines why you have failed in your lifetime. Take a look at your obsessions, the things that you do every day. They were they they also de determine where you are today. Take a look at an understanding that the things that you know in your mind as knowledge that's not wisdom. Uh, wisdom is the application of knowledge in your life. So take a look at how you are applying your ethics of survival. You know, are you willing to do whatever it takes to get what you want in your ego, to satiate your ego, to satisfy your pleasures, your desires, your yearning for love? Take a look at that because most of the time that ends up in suffering for yourself and others. And also take a look at um, the places where you have failed in your life are also where you have lost focus, not in a conscious state of awareness with yourself. And the connection between your deepest angers and your deepest fears are very much in alignment with how you love and how you express sexuality as well. So take a look at your fears. Do that shadow work because that determines the focus of your life. And most of us that hide from our, our uh, in shame from our deepest desires are actually slaves to those desires. We actually live out our entire life and we become an enemy to our own self and abuse ourselves. So understand that you're, you know, living unconsciously 
you encounter the things that you've already created and you have to take responsibility for that because the more unconscious you're existing, uh, you know, you, you're just, you're repeating cycles. You've already lived this life. You've already created. So wake up consciousness, come into creation and take responsibility for what you're creating um, and embody love, love yourself, come into love. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Thank you so much. Ooh, I feel... Yes elated. I am so grateful to each and every one of you for being here, for your beautiful energy, for your incredible contribution. I mean, every single word is just like breathing rarefied air tonight. Thank you. Audrey, Thank you. Want to take us out? Thank you so much, everybody. Thank you. Yes. Thank you very much for being with us. And, uh, this should be fun to do sometime again, because there is a lot more to talk about. So let's think about that. And in the meantime, thank you very much. And until the next show.